Hey guys, in chapter 11 of AB Talks, I sit with Amir Khan. Really hope you enjoy this interview. And if you want to watch the video, you'll find it on my YouTube channel. What's up, man? Doing <laughs> good, man. It's good to see you here. Yeah, it's always nice to be in Dubai. And I'm glad to have you. I think you have a, like a liking to Dubai. Yeah, no, no. I come a lot of times. Dubai is one of the places where you can relax and you can feel at home because my family feels safe here. I can let them go out shopping, do whatever they want. Uh, kids are very happy here. The services, the, the things they can get to do here is, uh, is amazing. The weather's the main thing because I live in England. So the UK weather gets really, really cold. So uh, this is like a second home for me. I, co- I travel here quite a lot and enjoy myself. And I was just thinking today how we met. And I remember we met, I think, in, in Nostrat or some restaurant yeah, randomly. It must have been a few um, years ago. A few years ago, yeah. It was a couple of years ago and we just kept in touch. Yeah. So some, now, some people, weirdly in our lives, with all the people that we each meet, some people stick and some people wither away. And No, no, definitely. I mean, look, when I could see when we first met, you could see you click with the right people. And, mm. you know, um, yeah, it was over dinner. We had a chat and everything. And I thought, Correct. you think like me, so... It's always good to be meet so, successful people, you know. Thanks, man. We'll get we'll get a nice um, conversation going. Yeah. Um, the first thing that I wanted to ask about was your childhood. Yeah. I mean, it must be an interesting childhood because it it brought you to to sit even here. Yeah, definitely. How I mean, would you describe it? So I started um, my childhood. First of all, was um, very chilled. I was very hyperactive. I was very naughty in school. I used to fight all the time. I used to uh, fight with kids. I used to just have too much energy in my body. So my father just couldn't take it. You know, I'd get in trouble at school. They have to go to school. My parents to see the teachers. The teachers say, look, this guy is just too crazy. You know, mm. you need to do something with him. And um, then my parents obviously kept, you know, kept telling me, look, you have to behave in school and everything. I kept messing about. It was just in me. So my dad decided to take me to a boxing club <clears throat> to burn the energy. Okay. Now, you know, there was no Muslims at the time boxing, uh, especially a Pakistani Muslim. There was literally nobody. And so he took me to a boxing gym because the way he looked at it was that, okay, the way Amr is going to burn his energy, so he's tired, so he's not going to run around, is through boxing. He's told the coaches to kind of put me through my work, make me, make me train very hard. And so I'll be very tired. And also one thing about boxing, it teaches you, it teaches you discipline as well. So I started going to the boxing gym. I remember the first day I walked in, couldn't, you know, saw the gym, it was all dirty, old. It was like an underground gym. And uh, you could see like the steam coming off the walls and the mirrors because it was so cold, but it was still hot in there. Yeah. It was cold outside. And um, I just put on my gloves and started training and I loved it. Like it was the best thing I ever did. So then my dad had some, uh, on me, he said, look, if you want to go boxing again, you have to behave in school. I was like, okay, okay, I'll behave in school. So every day I used to go to the gym, I used to always train every day, because I loved the sport. It was just like something that, you know, I click. just couldn't, I just clicked with it, man. Honestly, it was, it, was, it was something else. And maybe I wasn't the best, you know, but I was one of them hardworking fighters, hardworking young boys. I used to work hard and wanted to, in a way, beat myself, you know. Um, and and there was other boxers there. I used to work hard, train hard. I even though I was, I was quite chubby, believe it or not, when I was young. Really, <clears throat> I was a bit of. A you seem like kid. the one that was always skinny. No, no, not at all. So I was a bit of a 
big kid and this my cousin used to call me fatty <laughs> can you believe that okay and, and now i'm like i'm on a six pack and everything so yeah. like, i'm like well, who's the fatty now you know uh, but yeah i mean look boxing it was that touch changed my life and that's when, that was my childhood then i started going to school and the teachers started to call my parents and to say we can't believe he's changed so much what have you done he's not the same child he used to be you know he's so disciplined now and that was that was boxing that did that for me so it was a good childhood you'd say yeah it was a good childhood you know my parents were always good with me they wherever i wanted i got but i had to earn it you know uh, and then what happened was after um having boxing fights i used to every fight i had i was getting a present for it so he used to make me train harder just to get that one present it might be in a computer game or something you know we had a very simple childhood you know wasn't spoiled too much but you know we we had a good life we used to go on holidays with the families vacations here there everywhere uh, had a have a very big family have older cousins we used to play on the streets playing cricket or football with them i was never good at either so um but yeah childhood you know i do have memories of it and they were good memories it's because you kind of answered the question i was going to ask is it's not a popular sport amongst asian or pakistani mm, yeah people it's very interesting that your father dedicated to you but dedicated you to it yeah. but i would guess he had a very different strategy like let me wear yeah. him out he probably wanted to see me get beat up so i stop fighting outside <laughs> but yeah. i did the opposite you know yeah um no one ever would have thought i get this far in boxing and boxing was a sport that no pakistani no muslims were doing it was like a new sport like yeah boxing when i was telling people i'm going to box they were like really i remember the days when i used to go for a jog people used to say to me like my friends used to be parked up in their cars and these oddies were playing football and they said to me that look um why are you jogging for what's boxing going to do for you and i look back to these same people now and they're driving taxis while i'm a, i'm 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 you know living a great life now so hard work pays off definitely in life do you think um that fa- you got famous and successful very quickly yeah maybe i don't know if it's like in a moment or a few moments but very young very successful do you think it got to you the fame the power the money that comes with all of this especially that you represent not only uh, uk but you represent the whole asian side the arabs the muslims the pakistanis a lot of people would connect yeah. or relate to you so yeah. suddenly you're popular not in your region only but it expands you know it's it's true because i can go in any place in the world and i'll have uh, there'll be people there who know me anywhere and one thing what makes me probably bigger is being a muslim where you know there's not many muslim uh, sports stars or celebrities in the world so you know that in a way helps me as well but you know it's been hard and i've worked hard all my life it's not been easy there's been a lot of obstacles in front of me the fame came young i was 17 at the time when i went to olympic games i was, I was the youngest ever nobody knew me i mean mm. i was winning national championships international junior olympics i won everything but nobody knew me it was the day when i went to olympics at the age of 17 and i did not know how much hype there was in the uk like pcamus were at my house my school my college my uh where i play and stuff people wanted to just see what i was doing like where i was my the areas i used to be hanging around in and that's what changed my life the olympics because i was so young and i got so successful i won the silver medal been the youngest ever olympian from great britain my came back from uh Athens being a normal kid to a superstar that everybody knew who I was how, I how would street. you describe that that because it was a big change and a sudden big change is it too much 
it was it was crazy. I remember them days I used to have Facebook and you know, before you look on your Facebook, you never get any messages. This time I was getting hundred messages and all from girls. I was like, wow, you know, this is crazy. Yeah. And it was just wild. But considering you're young, yeah. And imagine it's not you, it's another person that do you think it's too much for a, a human being to get all of that flood of attention suddenly and power? Do you think it's dangerous? At once it can be very dangerous, yeah. But I look at I had my family around me who kept my who kept my feet on the ground. But I had ambitions. My ambitions to become a world champion one day. My ambitions were to turn professional. Um, so leave the amateur and Olympics behind and turn professional. So I had goals. Um, it's only when sportsmen or people who make a big name for themselves don't have goals in life. They don't know where they're going. They get confused and they, then it hits them and they don't know what they're going to do next. Mm. With me, I had, I, had a, I, had a, I had a strategy. You know, I wanted to be a world champion as a professional. Okay, do you think... We talked about this briefly also before we sat down. Uh, a lot of people, it gets to them and they change. Yeah. Either they become arrogant or yeah. they, they treat people differently yeah. or they spend all of their money and then probably okay. bankrupt as right. soon as they stop their sport or you know art. Yeah. Do you think that's the dangerous side of it? Even if you have a goal. You said you have to have a goal. Yeah, but yeah. some people have a goal, but it really gets to them. Yeah. I've it, seen it happen. And it burns relationships and everything. Time. I've seen it happen. Look, it's happened where... People have lost everything in their career. Um, you know, divorces can happen. Family fallouts can happen. I mean, it's just sometimes when money gets involved, it gets really, really hard. Uh, you get new hanging on, hanging on people who want to be your friend, who want to be around you because you have a name, you're famous or you have money. I mean, one thing I realize is that I'm being very careful with all my money because I never want to be in that position where one day I'll be broke. I work so hard for my money. Every penny, you know, I sweat for. So I work too hard. So I cannot be one of them fighters to buy this, buy that, flood my throw my money everywhere and be broke. You know, I, I want to be bigger than I am. I still want to um, make more money on my money I have. You know, I have more ambi bigger ambitions after my boxing career finishes. So, you know, it's all about these goals that you have. But yeah, you know, it can happen to a lot of young, young people. When they get money too quickly, it does change them. But like I said, what helped me was having them goals in my life. Because without them goals, I would have been lost. And maybe then I would have spent all my money and been stuck then. And I read um, very quickly that you went through a lot of trainers in your <laughs> boxing career. Yeah. And changing so much, these trainers, do you think you're the problem? Or they're the problem? Or why is there so much change? I think sometimes changing uh, trainers, it brings it like a new face to the game. It brings a f gives you a fresh start in a way as well. See, when you're with one trainer all the time, you're comfortable, he's comfortable. I like to always be in that uncomfortable zone. So when you get a new trainer, you're like, he's going to teach you something new that new you dimension. might not be good at. Yeah. And you're still going to take all the good stuff that you, took, you learned with the first trainer into your second trainer. So when you add them two together, you're only going to be a better boxer. You know? And one thing about other trainers, they're going to see, they're going to, they're going to try very hard because they're going to think, I want to be better than this old trainer, so how do I do this? They're going to analyze my videos, analyze my boxing, and then they're going to tell me, you make this mistake, this mistake. Then they're going to try to change me because the pressure's on them as well. The pressure's on them to bring the best out of me. If I went to them and I didn't do that well, then they'll be like, oh, this trainer's no good. It's, it's that reputation on the line as well. Correct. No, it's, it's an interesting thing. I never thought of it that way because you're creating this competition between them to bring their A game. The best out If it me, goes yeah. to B or C, you're like, okay, Done, exactly. thank you. And I've had four or five trainers and I've learned, I've, 
they've all been brilliant. I've, I don't have a bad word to say about any of them. But at that stage of my career, I really needed those trainers and those changes because it's only going to make me the best. Like now, if I think if I was going to go from my first uh, from my first trainer to the last trainer I have now, it would have been a big change. Mm. But slowly, it's a journey. Ch- yeah, it would have been a. This is a this is a journey where you have to learn and make your mistakes with them, but you have to change your mistakes, and then another trainer is going to come in and tell you something different. So you're learning all the time. So and also, you know, if you're with the same trainer, then you get bored at times as well. You don't want to learn. You think you right. know it all. Or less you, motivated at less some point. Less motivated as well. But when you're with a new trainer, then you want to show him how good you are. You want to show him that you know everything. You want to Im- impress him, basically. Mm. Do you think you still love the sport? Oh, definitely. You know, boxing is what made me. And In bo- love or love? No, I love the sport, yeah. I do love the sport. You know, it's, like I said, it's everything to me. I don't know anything but boxing. Mm. And um, I love talking about boxing. I love being part of boxing. Yeah, uh, it's hard sport. You know, as I'm getting older now, I can feel the wear and tear on my body. Yeah, it's a very, very hard sport to love, but I think that's what I need. I like challenges. You know, it's because um, it's it's kind of what you said. When you get injuries and life hits you right and yeah. left, not only on in the ring but even outside, it wears you out. Definitely. And of course, you said you mentioned the people start to rely on you and money. And you're suddenly popular, so new friends are coming. You don't know what they really want. Yeah. Um, all of this makes it complex. Not as pure as when we played sports at a young age, when you're just playing outside in the in the gym next door. Everything for example. changes. Everything changes. So, do you think it makes you fall out of love? It doesn't. No. You know, you you just want more. You know, there's two types of people. Some are gonna get angry with it, or maybe fall out with it. Some people are gonna love it and want to keep loving it more and more and keep getting more love out of boxing. I'm one of them type of guys that I want to love. I love the sport and I want to get more out of it, you know, and while my name is there, I mean, how how much bigger can I get? You know, I've won world titles. Um, I'm a household name. I made good money from boxing. So, I mean, what else do I need for it? But now I'm at a stage where I want to achieve even more than what I've done. You know, I want to keep, I'm keep on, I'm chasing. What what would be more than what you already got? It's hard to say. Basically, it's hard to say. It's Do you, beating, you have beating, something specific? Beating someone like Manny Pacquiao, mm. fighting someone like Floyd Mayweather, beating him. Um, you know, I mean, they're the only two things really. Everything else I've done, I fought at all the major arenas, major um, stadiums. I fought everywhere basically in my career, all around the world. People know me. Middle East, I've fought, fought in America, UK, all over the place. I've, I've done what I wanted to do. I've probably done a little bit more than I ever imagined, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think you would be where you are? Is it, was it a, a goal or it just happened? It was a goal, but I didn't think it was going to be this much. See, what happens is you have a goal and you achieve it, but then you want to get a little bit greedy, you want more and more and more, you want to achieve more, you want to get bigger, you want to become a better fighter, you want to change trainers for the best. So all these changes I've done are only for the best for me to be at my, at the best I can ever be. I never want to be in that position where I think I could have achieved this if I did this differently in my career. I made all them changes and, I, and you know, so I never want to look back and think, I should have done this, I would have been better. I should have done that. No, everything I've done in my career, having the low points, having the high points, I've been learning from it and it's only made me a better person. There's, there's a nice um, 
quote <clears throat> I read that either you win or you learn. Exactly. Which I thought was pretty cool. It's true and it's true because you win. One thing about that, I think sometimes losing is probably a good thing. In You learn fire. more, for sure. We learn because, more for, from failures yeah, or... For failures. Because I've, had, I've lost five fights. So when I went back to a drawing board, I said, what went wrong? See, when you win a fight, you never go back to a drawing board. You think, oh, I won, I'm, I'm, I'm the best. It's another, you go, you turn the page. It's All done. Right. Whereas when you lose a fight, you think, what went wrong? Why did I lose? Do I need to change my trainer? Do I, what? Then you think about your relationship with your trainer. Was it good? Did he tell me the right things to do? Okay, what was my, tra- my own training like? Was my training good? Did I train hard for this fight? Was I, was I focused? Was I dedicated? And then you kind of make that change and then, you know, that's, that's what mm. it is really. Moving. Um, marriage. <clears throat> Do you think it's easy for Ferial to be married to such a popular guy? It's very hard for anyone really, you know, to be, to be married to a popular person. Look, I had, um, um, I've had a bit of a crazy past before. I was single, I, can, I used to do whatever I want. But when you, have, when you get married, you have responsibilities in life. I have kids as well now. So my wife now is currently pregnant and also we have two girls. So. My whole mind, mindset has changed. You know, I've, I'm now thinking about my future, my kids' future, everything I do is for them, and making sure they have a comfortable life, not a spoiled life, but a comfortable life. I never want to spoil my kids. I always tell my wife the same thing. We don't want to spoil the kids. It's all about being comfortable, and they have to earn a good living themselves as well. They can't just be given a silver spoon, you know? And, um, you know, being mar- married could be difficult, it's how you take it on. You know, when I was young, I did find it difficult because obviously when, you've get, when you get all these people hitting you up, uh, the, the female attention is like really high, you think, what do I do? You know, I'm, I'm married. Am I supposed to stay committed? So it gets you a little bit. But I mean, look, I've got through, I've got, I went through some hard times, but at the end of it, I managed to kind of sort myself out and also get everything on, on plan with my, with my kids and my wife. How many years now? Be married six years. Nice. Yeah, so time flies. And uh, I don't like to read too much into what I find on a Google. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to ask you. Sure, sure. It said that there was a difficult situation for you to choose between your family mm. and your wife. Is that true or? Not really, no. I think the newspaper sometimes makes and something that's why bigger. I don't... Than, yeah, some people make big things out of nothing really. Basically, you know, end of the day, I'm, I'm my, my parents are amazing. I mean, I'm always there for them. Whatever they need from me, I'm there for them. I'm their son. They're my mother and father. My wife, on the other hand, I live with. That's my wife. So always, there's always going to be a little bit of a hiccup in between where, you know, you living always with your wife. And obviously, you do kind of lose a little bit of that distance with your parents. But I, I know think especially, you know, Amir, especially in Asian... Uh, yeah culture because we are so when we're single we're so stuck to our families correct it's not like a european or an american system no no we're so stuck to our families that they expect the moment you get married you yeah. have that sudden big difference which Definitely. they don't like exactly and then and obviously then the blame is going to go to the person the wife. the wife yes yeah so so it is a little bit difficult it does get a little bit difficult at times where you know um the the family might then say a few comments which then 
the media can twist and make it out sounding really bad if it upsets you. But one thing I've always realized in life is just to stay quiet. You know, time's a healer and whatever's happened, you just stay quiet and it'll all amend, it'll all get perfect. You know, and obviously we have been through a lot of thick and thin with the family, with my wife and everything, but time's a healer and it's always, you know, helped me. And, mm. and in time you think about, did I make any mistakes? What I should have done differently? It's like the, going back to the boxing, the same thing. Yeah. You go back, how do I do, what do I do differently this time? And you come back stronger from it. Yeah, I like that. I think it's very uh, tricky also. I don't like when people put you in this situation. And I see this a lot also in our cultures, yeah. right? Where a family would say, ah, if you marry this person, then we won't talk to you. Mm. I hate these situations when I hear them because right. you can't win. You can't if win. you choose a family, you lose, let's say, a, a potential partner. You're in the middle. If you choose the partner, you lose on the family. Yeah. So sometimes it can be so a very difficult it balance. It can be very difficult. And sometimes you are in the middle where, you know, you have to balance it. Yeah. And obviously keep that respect with your parents, keep that respect with your wife and make sure everything's cool, you know? And obviously the wife is also cool, should be cool with the parents and everything else. So I think that is something which in our culture sometimes could be seen a little bit different. Or maybe people look at it in a way where, oh, you think, oh, you're not talking to your parents now because of this, and she's bad, or he's bad, your parents are bad. So it's a, it's a blame game. So instead of doing that, the best thing is, you know, just take a step back, Everything in time will heal, and then once things will be okay, then... Do you think it's difficult, Amir, that... Do you feel in the end, it all comes to you? Like, you have to be the sorter. You have to solve shit. Yeah. You have to take care of things. You have yeah. to balance. It's like, why me? Why me? You know, why you do to. I have to be the patient one? Why do I have to sort things exactly. out? Exactly. You have to. You have to. You know, me, obviously, it's like I've always been the main guy all the time. I've always been the moneymaker. I've always been the guy who's been on the public... Uh, in the public eye so and the pressure is always on me always on the guy so obviously what I say will go a long way so hopefully you know when I say things it does go a long way and it does kind of thing but does change. it get tiring it gets tiring at times yeah because you think you know I want to be a simple guy man I mean I've never wanted to be that big boss style person you know I've always want to be a simple guy more laid-back guy don't really care what's going on just want life to be smooth and calm and chilled you know i don't like politics i don't like getting involved in headaches i just like to sit back and make sure everything goes smooth look i uh, my job is just to make money and give 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 the good life to my family you know and also i do a lot of charity work which kind of also I was helps ask me you about that yeah which also helps me keep my feet on the ground i'm not one of them guys that splashes money stupidly uh, I'm just very, have to be very smart with everything, you know. Why the charity? Charity because it makes you realize why, because I made a lot, I make a lot of money in boxing and it makes me realize that, you know, you sh you're not, you're in a position where you, sh you shouldn't really spend sillily. And there's people out there when, when you look at the poor people, for example, when I go to, for example, I build orphanages in Gambia, Pakistan, India, all over the place. And when I build these places, I always think about, if I didn't do charity, I'd be going out spending money, living a crazy life. This humbles me. You know, doing a charity work definitely humbles me because when I meet and put a smile on a poor child's face, it makes me the happiest person ever. It's better than putting a smile on a friend when you go to a club and buy him a bottle. Correct. You know, and, and these people will appreciate it for the rest of their life. Whereas sometimes, you know, you do things for people, they don't appreciate it the same way. 
and also it makes me happy as well putting a smile on someone someone poor if I can change their life in a way you know and I've got the power to do that I should use that that's why I always say there's so many famous people out there even if they did a little bit maybe 1% to help the poor people there'd be very little poor people in the world there'd be less problems around the world you know but um it's it's just something I've always loved to do my parents always used to used to give to the poor and help the poor support the poor so I I decided to take that leaf at their book and since then I do it all myself now and I've started the Armicon Foundation where we do a lot of um work with the less fortunate people I read uh, a friend of mine mentioned something very cool he had this video that he mentioned tips to to make money and business or mm. something like that and one of the tips was to give charity and I liked his take he said when you're a person that's stingy and you don't give without return you have that mindset of not making not making more exactly but if you give you will receive more because you have this giving kind of mindset i don't know exactly. if that made sense no no it, it definitely makes sense because you know one thing when you give it makes you work harder and keep well if you just if you if you don't want to give you keep your money tight it makes you it makes you a tight person you don't like to spend the money and then you've got no ambition of going out there and working for more to make more money it's like you've kind of stopped and you're kind of happy with life. Mm. See, with me, I have that drive where I give, but I like to go out there and make more for myself so I can give more in the next time. So that's how it works. You see it as a responsibility, the power and the fame and the money that you have. Definitely, man. I mean, God's put me in this position for a reason. Mm. To help the less fortunate people and also put boxing on the map, go to be a name in Pakistan and, you know, you know one day stand in politics and in, 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 in government. And, you, you know, would? You know, I mean, look, I mean, I've always been asked the question. At the moment, I want to do my full focus on boxing. But there might come a time where in Pakistan, in a place like Pakistan, where they might need someone who's honest, who's true, and who's seen the world in the Western countries, for example, in England, and see how our regimes are, how our government is over there. I can take some information over there and kind of make that country a better place, definitely. Interesting. Um, I'll go back to marriage, because marriage is also... A very important topic for people who are getting married or yeah. trying to survive one, let's say. Correct. Um, I saw also on, on YouTube, yeah. uh, there was an inter- interview about the sex tape leak. There was a, a rift on Twitter, mm. publicly, yeah. between you and Faryad. Mm. I mean, do you feel like people are out there to get you? That's my first part of it. But then... Then I'll get back. But yeah, I mean, more importantly, I want to make this positive. Yeah. How, you're mashallah still married. Yeah. How does somebody survive all of these stabs? It's not easy, man. It's always going to be hard, you know, because we're always in the public eye. And you say one thing, people can take it the wrong way. Me and Farrell did go through a very difficult time. And obviously, I do put my hand up in a way where I take most blame. Um, it was over nothing. And I kind of, you know, I think... It's sometimes when you let the public get involved, it can make it a little bit worse than you and your wife should sit down and sort it out yourself. It'll be easier. Now, I obviously came to a stage where I was going to leave my wife, but then I decided that, wait a minute, I need to think for my future, my children. I need to sit down and talk to my wife. And when I spoke to her, obviously it made more sense to me. And that's when we kind of sorted things out and we ignored what the people said around us and we had to fix it. Um, but luckily me and my wife obviously sorted things out and I did say before I put my hand up I probably made all the mistakes where I you know blamed her for a lot of things 
I, I, I probably thought she was like this and like that, but obviously it was just, I was going through a little bit of a midlife crisis probably in my life, to be honest with you. I just had a hand operation at the time. I wasn't boxing. Um, I didn't think I was ever going to fight again. And I decided to like just turn against everybody. I literally turned against everybody, my close friends, my wife, who was my closest friend at the time. And I wanted to just be that single guy. And it was just one day I woke up and said, what am I doing with myself? I'm throwing everything away. And if I, if I don't fix this now, I'll be like them other fighters that in the past I've been, you know, who were successful and then they left with nothing. Hmm. So I had to change myself, man. And I like very, that. Very I like that. Um, um, two, two comments. One, I do, I do not like how easily uh, people divorce. I'm divorced after, uh, since we have a very open conversation, yeah. after nine years of marriage. Right. And alhamdulillah, I think we have a very civil, uh, very classy you have children relationships. Yeah. yeah. So two boys. You have to, when you have children. And we give it, we give it our best. Yeah. Um, but I don't like how divorce has become a drive-through. It's like, now on so the lamest easy. thing. Yeah. And I find that not nice. It is a solution. Islamically or in other religions or societies, divorce can be a, a solution. You know, some have abusive relationships, mm. some whatever. Some maybe just don't get along or fall out of love. Fine. But I don't like when people give up too easily. Mm. And of course, I don't want the other extreme where people are miserable and they're still together. Exactly. So that, you know, I think I'm really impressed how you guys... So we got through a, such a difficult time um, in, in my life. Um, and obviously I just needed... Um, I had no one around me to tell me the truth, to tell me the right things. I kind of didn't want to speak to my friends about it. I didn't really trust anybody. Didn't want to speak to my parents about it. I was just me. And obviously my head was all over the place. See, I think the, my life's all about boxing. And obviously when I had the hand operation, I thought maybe I'm never going to fight again. So that put me on a, such a downer. Of course. I'm literally like depressed. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's your money here. Yeah. This is my money. And not the money, it was just that I, I still have so much in me to come out and prove to people how good I am, but I can't fight because my hand is. So what do I do? Like, you know, these are my tools. Without these, I'm, I'm, I'm nobody. And um, so that kind of put me on a bit of a crazy, crazy path. And obviously I'm quite lucky that God was on my side. And he put me on the right path again. And obviously we had to sort everything out again, kind of cleared everything up. And uh, now I'm back in this position where I've learned from that now. I'll never go, want to go on that path again. You know, so I've it sounds it. like, Amir, you reach such good level of self-awareness because the way you're talking is a lot of self-reflection. You said, Anas, my hand was busted. I was not happy. I didn't know if I'm going to fight. So I started attacking the closest people to me. And that's sadly what we all do. Exactly. When we're in a bad position, we attack the people that are so close to us. Exactly. Which is, it's a very, it's an awareness and, thing. And it's true because you never, you might not see. I didn't see that at the time till I saw all my close people leave me. And I was like, wow, you know, like maybe it's me that needs to change. And obviously um, that's what I did. I had to change myself. It was very hard because I, I could have been a little bit stubborn, you know, I had everything, I had the money, I had everything, so I thought I could be on my own, I'll be happy. But there's still something in me that was happy. You know, I was still never happy. In my, I used to wake up in the morning, I could do whatever I wanted. I was, the free, I was like a free man with money, basically, but I was never happy. So, yeah. see, money does not bring you happiness. It's just having a good family and having a good 
team around you being happy that way, you know. So that's when I decided that, look, you know, you rather leave everything, leave all your money behind and just have a good relationship and good family and be happy in life. You know, I was thinking the other day, when, when it comes to good moments in our life, and I ask you, tell me one good moment in your childhood, or tell me a good moment in your marriage, or tell me a good moment with your kids. Yeah. You will not remember a monetary thing. Mm. You want, ah, oh, this person when I was young gave me a hundred dollars. No, you remember when my dad took me to this place, yeah. we had such a good time. Yeah. It's always these nice memories yeah, yeah, yeah. and moments. It's not monetary, it's not, exactly. it's not about money. It's not about money, and but see how things happen in life that people start going on that path of money. And I think money gives them happiness, but it's not. There yeah. is a quote by, I think, Jim Carrey, I think. And he says, I wish everybody uh, becomes famous and happy so they know it's not the answer. It's not the answer because it's not, you know, end of the day, you can enjoy it for a couple of days and then you think, mm. what do I do now, you know? So I'm in a position now where I'm probably the happiest I can be. You know, everything's cool in my life. I'm, I'm doing things the right way. I'm boxing again. My hands are good. Family life is good. I've got a wife. I've got kids. I'm ex my wife's expecting another child. So everything's wicked, you know. I'm just getting things done and everything now is falling in place as well. See, I'm, doing, I'm doing a lot of projects in UK, a lot of building work. And at the time, even those buildings were stalled. You know, the building wasn't going on. I had spent like millions on it. And I'm thinking, why is it not fixed yet? How did we, but all this time, and that was one of the things as well that was on my head. I had to kind of regroup myself. And now, alhamdulillah, I'm in a position where everything is so smooth that the, the bank between Holland building is all done um, and everything is now complete. So good, I am sat here in a good position, man, because like I said, maybe two, two years ago, I was going through a very, very tough time in my career. Yeah. And it's probably one of the toughest things I've ever gone through was two years ago. And Is there something specific or everything? Um, no, I think it was like, you know, having the breakup with the wife was one, having a fallout with my family. With my parents, tough, that was man. another thing. Having this big investment, I had invested money into, and it's not giving me no return, and it's just empty, and it's not even ready. And I have to pump in another five, ten million into it. I'm getting quoted, so I'm thinking, what the hell's going on here? Like, when it rains, it pours. And then I can't even earn my money because of my hands. So God forbid, I'm thinking, okay, if I put all this money in, how much will I have left? And so you start thinking a lot, you know, like it just wasn't making sense how things were happening. So I think God put me on a test. It was a test in life for me. This test honestly made me a better person, made me a stronger person, and made me some, like, it's made me realize that, you know, have the good people around you and, and, and trust them as well. Mm. You know, don't it's a tricky try to, thing, huh? Don't try to take too much on, your, on yourself. Look, I'm a boxer, that's what I know best. I stick to that now. I think, I, I'm not cooking. I can't go in the kitchen and tell my wife how to cook. Yeah. I can't, I can't go to the, uh, the banqueting hall I'm building and say to the builders, do this. So leave the best at the best, you know, for, for what they know best. Instead of me, get, I used to get involved in everything. And I think what happened was I got so much pressure on my shoulders that I just couldn't handle it. It affected everything. I just, I just flipped. We have um, a saying in Arabic, if it's translated, you give the dough to the baker. So yeah, yeah, let yeah. every person do what they really specialize in. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And you know, I also have a boxing academy in Bolton, which I train kids. I'll just open it for kids to come and train there. Before I was making sure everything was running myself, I'll have my friends come to do the training there. But now I've said, you know, I'm going to bring trainers in to come and they can train the kids and wherever they make, they can take the money. 
You know, I have other, for me, it's about giving back to the community. I don't care about the money. Mm. Like, it's not much. You and know, it will come. To me. And I thought, you know, God will give it, and God gave it to me in many other ways. So it was a great, it was a great, like, big turnaround for me. This was, yeah. You mentioned uh, trust, that you trust more. Mm. Do you trust people more easily now or no, no, differently? No. I'm a little more shrewd now who I trust. I mean, I was very trusting before. Very, very trusting. Like, you know, because I, I, my heart is very clean. And when people would offer me something or say something, I would believe them. And I would believe a lot of people. For example, if you're buying a business, business of someone, you could say the business is making me 10 million a year. And I'd be like, wow, you know, I'll buy into it. Fine. I'll invest in it 50%. Really, it's not. But now I've started to just leave it to God, you know. And the day, um, it's about having a good team. I got my wife there who understands a lot of the business side. I have uh, good, good, good close friends who kind of advise me on what to do, what not to do. And you know, one thing I've realized in life is having a good lawyer and having a good uh, accountant. Oh, big time! They're the two things because end of the day, you know, I don't know if I have the best accountant at the moment because obviously I'm an accountant, which. Is he watching? <laughs> we, can, we can watch it, I don't care. But, because at the end of the day, like, for example, this building and building, it's cost me eight million. Yeah. So it should have been the accountant's job to say, wait a minute, it's gone up to eight million. Should never have gone to eight million because the reason I was told that place was going to cost me 3.2 million. Wow. So you know the difference. Look how much of a, that's a, that's a craziness is going to, you know, yeah. by the time when it hit six million, that's when I had my little. You know, I agree with you. Man, There's so much going on here. I'm not a finance guy or background. Yeah. And I think the moment we got one proper accountant full-time, it changed my mentality. Because you, you get excited. I'm an entrepreneur, so when I get excited about a certain project, I want to do it. But then you need that other person who tells you, hold on now, this year you're doing one, two, and three. Exactly. Not now, do it exactly. next. And I need, we need that education. You need that. And honestly, um, with boxing as well, so I'm doing getting all my boxing contracts sorted out, where the money and everything sorted out. So obviously, you know, sometimes an accountant can get too much pressure on him. So I just think that, you know, he was making a lot of mistakes there. He maybe forgot about the banqueting hall I'm building and took it up to eight million. But in the other hand, I've got a very good lawyer who now overlooks everything for me to make sure what's going in and what's going out. Yeah. You know, because that's what you need. You need a good team. I'm not, I'm not good with money. I know how to make money. But I'm not good at putting it away Managing, or maybe I'm not investing it in office. That's, a, that's what the accountants come for. But yeah. obviously, like I said, there's a few little things that I still need to change in my career. And then I'll be fully complete. And I'm good at I'm not complete yet because I'm still hungry and I'm still like focused on becoming the best. And by, but when, I'm become, when, I will, when I will become the best, all these areas will be fixed and solid and very smooth. Do you have any regrets? Regrets? No, you know what? Look, won fights, lost fights. No regrets in my life, honestly. Um, life's been good. I thank God uh, for everything he's done for me. Um, there's come times where I lost fights and it's only made me a better person. Um, you know, no great regrets at all, honestly. The way my life is, is perfect. I, you know, I don't want too much. And I don't want too less. God's just treating me well. There is um, a question I'd like to repeat. Actually, more than one. Uh, one is that as human beings, we have this need to feel valuable yeah. or important yeah. or seen. It's like when your child tells you, you know, Baba, look at me and I can do this move or I drew this painting for you. It's, you need recognition or attention. Yeah. That's why we are attached to social media uh, uh, because it's recognition, yeah. recognition, right? Definitely. So what do you think today and, and now in this age 
makes you feel that feeling that you're valuable of value to this world to your family i think you know for when it comes to the fans and recognition i think it's social media now it's very powerful which kind of helps me to kind of get out to my audience and keeps me irrelevant you know people know what i'm getting up to where i am how i'm doing things so you're not forgotten about you know and obviously you know it's uh, there's going to come a day when you know there's going to be someone else to forget about me so to be honest with you i'm not really fussed about it you know i i know one thing though when i had, when i when i had my peak and i'm while i am boxing now i've done everything i wanted to you know sold out arenas got the big pay-per-view buys got literally everything for all around the world so listen i've i've ticked that box so But what's even, what's the box now is the box it now charity for me, you know, is it uh, it's more charity being now good making, father. Make, making charity and and having a good family bringing up your kids and being a family man basically because you know I want my kids to follow my footsteps in life where they want them to box but I want them to work hard in life you know be something in life you know um I don't want to be I don't want my kids to just be kids who just live off my money I want my kids to have have goals in life and learn from me you know and on the other hand I want to do charity so I've built a lot of orphanages and a lot of charities and all around the world I want to do more I want to get straight into that straight after the boxing when boxing one day finishes that's what my what my thing's going to be doing charity work all around the world you think you're a good father oh definitely my kids love me so that's okay that's <laughs> they wake up in the morning and they run at me and you can see the smile on their face and nice. I mean look that's the best you know the you know yourself obviously mm. when your kids look at you with that loving look oh, it's a different love it's a different love exactly Absolutely. and you know have, you you have many people looking at you you know and that that love that your kids have for you and they hug you and stuff is just very special pure it's pure you know yeah. and they don't like you for what you got for them or what who you are they don't they care if we have hair you. or bald or exactly. funny or not it's just crazy how life is yeah Okay, last one. Yeah. Amir in a word. Amir in one word. What's <sighs> the word? Let's let's think of a good word. The one that you feel that jumps at you. Um boy wonder. Interesting one. You know why? Because you know I came on the scene when no one expected anything from me. Mm. You know, and um I won world titles when no one ever expected me to win world titles. I lost fights and people thought I was finished. But I've proven everyone wrong, you know. And everything I've done in life, I'm very happy with the way my life has gone. So, yeah. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you. Love you, man. Thank you.